Hello, my friendly friends. Uh, content warning for this episode is we talk about bugs a lot, and we also talk about vomit a lot. And also, at some point, we mention flesh. Oh, also, thank you to our Patreon supporters, C, Kai, and Molly Valkyrie. All right, enjoy the episode. thought that just came into my mind as i'm eating this pasta um uh-huh. and that, that is like you know like bugs get into food sometimes i'm gonna talk about bugs real quick bug Please content do. warning bug, bug content warning get ready for bug content bugs get into food sometimes and you know what the fucked up part is it's like you probably wouldn't even notice like you've okay, probably no, sure. eaten lots for of sure. bugs Oh, yeah, no, for sure. Like, not only have I eaten lots of bugs, everyone has eaten at least some bugs. Yeah. And also, like, let's just be real here. There's no real reason why we're not eating bugs. That's that's the other thing that I was going to say is, like, just, like, there is, I wouldn't, listen, if you reprogram my, my brain, like, 2%, I'd probably totally be down to eat a bug. And maybe I just need a little bit more convincing. Because one, they're crunchy. Two, they got protein. Yeah. Three, they're, they're, I don't know. I, w- I would eat a bug. I would wear a shirt that would say I would eat a bug. Thanks for coming to my bug talk. <laughs> yeah, honestly. I mean, like, like, lots of people around the world eat bugs. And then, mm-hmm. like... And then, like, people in the West are like, ooh, you're eating bugs? It's like, yes, yes, we're eating bugs. Yeah. <laughs> it's good like for you. Eat some fucking just, bugs. You eat other animals just because yeah. bugs are small doesn't make them gross. Yeah, it's it's literally. I mean, like, I, I personally, like, I don't know. Like, I don't eat animals, so yeah. I probably wouldn't eat bugs. But if you were going to eat animals, you'd probably right. eat bugs too. <laughs> I would eat, I would eat bu- here's the thing. I would eat uh, I would eat bugs before I intentionally ate cow. Mm. I mean, yeah, the the bugs the bugs going to die in 24 hours. They got short lifespans, you know? Right. Yeah, I mean, literally like that like I it's fine. You know, like what what <laughs> Sorry, I'm just I'm just imagining, like, the capitalist hellscape version of this, where you get bug factory farming. Oh, my God. Could you imagine working at a bug factory? <laughs> oh, God, no. That would be a nightmare. No. Oh, <laughs> um, Jesus welcome to uh Welcome to Cursed Aspects, where we're working at a bug factory. We're working um, at a bug. This episode's about bugs, and I can I can prove it. My thing does have bugs in it. Oh, fuck! That's fucked up. There are no bugs in my thing. Can you put um, bugs into it? No. Damn, that, that's that's unfortunate. That's really You're going to have up. to put in enough bugs for both of us. Okay, I'll do my best. I'll do my best. This is a, epi- this is a show. This is a podcast where we talk about things and, and the art. We talk art things and the like, we like them. Jupiter, uh-huh. what's your thing? Oh, what's my thing? 
<laughs> okay, well, my thing, uh, I like how we're just getting right into it. It's not like we had a whole, like, hour and a half conversation before the yeah. podcast, where we got all of our conversational energy out. No. Um... <laughs> <laughs> the migraine's back, baby. <laughs> migraine's fucking back. Migraine 2021. Oh. <laughs> so, my thing, uh, Swink. Uh, this this week, this episode, um, is speedrunning Resident Evil 3 Remake. Okay, okay, okay. Which one's the three? What's three? Is that the one that just came out with the remake? That's the one? What, what, what do you, what do you, what, what do you mean? Leon, that guy. No, no, that's Resident Evil 2. And they were, they made a remake for that one. Yes. So they've made, okay. Let me, <laughs> let me do some lead up for you here. <laughs> no, let me explain to you, Jupiter, about Resident Evil. Yes, so there's please. some evil yes. stuff. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And there's a guy in a big hat and yes. he's made of metal. One of them. No, well, no. <laughs> no. Um, oh, you might, you might be thinking of. Uh, what, Q from Street Fighter Alpha? That's right, I'm pulling a Street Fighter Alpha reference, which you definitely don't understand. Oh, you know what I'm thinking of, actually? I'm thinking of the fucking detective from Fallout 4. Oh, also not made of metal. Yeah, he's a robot! Oh, no, wait, right, the synths. Right, I never played uh, uh, Fallout 4, uh, and I forgot that the synths (laughs) were a thing. Um, So, uh, Resident Evil 3 uh, is the third... Resident Evil game, and also the third Resident Evil game to get remade. Uh, they made Resident Evil, they remade Resident Evil 1 in like 2004 or something like that. It was originally on the GameCube, then got ported everywhere, and then in the PC version, they just decided to, for some reason, give Jill fucking jiggle physics for no fucking reason. And Aww. I'm still upset about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and in uh in uh then Resident Evil 2 got remade in like 2016 I want to say 2018 I don't know years uh, yeah. and then Resident Evil 3 was remade like a year later and like whatever first off a lot of people don't like Resident Evil 3 remake and Why? they are wrong they are wrong but, see here's the thing here's the thing what what I have done is that last week I talked about Silent Hill uh, Silent Hill 4, which is a much derided Silent Hill 4 game, and how everyone is wrong and it's a great game. And this mm-hmm. time, I'm talking about Resident Evil 3 Remake, which is a much derided Resident Evil game that it, everyone is wrong about and is great. <laughs> okay. So I'm doing the same thing twice. That's okay. I like it. Uh, I'm I'm glad. I'm glad that you'll enjoy. Um, so, uh, a lot of people don't like Resident Evil 3 Remake, remake because it is short. They also don't like it because it doesn't have a lot of content in it, and they don't like it because it cut out the Mercenaries mode, which the Mercenaries mode was something that has been in a lot of Resident Evil games. It started in Resident Evil 3, and the basic idea is it's a speedrunning mode where uh, you are supposed to go through the maps that are in the main game as these different characters that have different loadouts and uh, speed your way through the game uh, or through the, the level uh, using, like, zombies as uh, points to basically, like, get a high score as fast as you can. Oh, cool. Um, 
and it's something that was brought back in Resident Evil 8, and I do really like it in Resident Evil 8. It's good. Um, but, uh, here's, here's my thesis statement, is that Resident Evil 3 Remake is great because it combines all of the design philosophies of the original Resident Evil 3 and Mercenaries. Oh, they, okay. They, they combined Resident Evil 3 main game and the Resident Evil 3 Mercenaries mode into one game. So, why do I believe this? Why do I think this? Well, uh, first off, uh, I'm right. Yes. That's my thing. <laughs> no. Um, uh, I, Resident Evil 3, um, I committed to getting an S rank in it, and the way that the ranks work in a lot of Resident Evil games is it's, like, dependent on speed and, like, certain conditions, like... If you're using, like, a lot of health items or saves, then you might not get the S rank, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, back when I was streaming a lot uh, and had the Wrecked City Wednesday stream with Thea, uh, we played Resident Evil 3. I, I was the one who was playing, and I was committed to... Our original goal was to S rank every game where it was possible, and then we didn't meet any of our goals, in fact, because a lot <laughs> of stuff happened in life. But... We did meet our goal with the Resident Evil 3 remake, and that's because it's a, it's a short game, and it's very easy to sort of get into in uh, a, uh, a sort of like, it's an easy one to, to S-rank, not because it's like less challenging than other Resident Evil games, it's, it's very challenging in a lot of areas, especially if you're playing on the hardest difficulty, but uh, it's also... Uh, it's just, like, a, a very short game, and I really appreciate it for that. Uh, you know, partially because it, like, really embodies the sort of feeling of escaping a city that is, you know, being attacked by zombies. You want to get out mm -hmm. of there as quickly as you can. And uh, second off, because it, like, really just, like, hits, like, the way that it flows the action, if anything else was added to me, like, I feel like it would be a less a lesser experience because it uh, it sort of would just drag on a little too long. Like, I feel like it's a really good length. Um, and why is, why is speedrunning, why is going for the S rank in Resident Evil 3 so fun? Well, simply put, it's because of the dodge mechanic. Resident Evil 3 has a... The original had a dodge mechanic. The remake has a, a dodge mechanic as well. The... The way that the dodge works is uh, what right bumper will do a dodge. And it's not a great dodge. It's, you know, you basically just sort of stumble out of the way. Um, but if you time it just right, you perfect dodge. Oh, hell yes! And when you perfect dodge, there's a lot of flexibility. You either, it like, you do a, a really good roll that gives you a lot of distance away from what you're doing uh, or, or, you know, what you uh, dodged away from. And uh, also, uh, if you are aiming your gun, uh, it'll give you a little bit of slow motion and a more powerful shot, I believe. Mm. So you can do more damage by perfect dodging and it will automatically, when you aim, it'll automatically put your crosshair right where it needs to go. Oh, hell yeah. So it's a gamer hack. It's a gamer hack. It's great. The perfect dodge is so fun. Uh, and then, like, once you get it down, it's like, 
And every enemy has a unique perfect dodge mechanic. There is, uh, or perfect dodge timing and way you do it. There are these big fucking enemies in the sewer that are like called alpha somethings. Al- alpha. Rats. I think they're called alpha gamma. <laughs> I might be wrong, but uh, they are these like big like like frog things that take up the entirety of the hallway. Mm. And uh, and they open their mouth and they charge at you. And if they get you, they eat you and kill you in one hit. Yummy, no yummy, how, yummy. No matter how healthy you are. Yeah, it's it's very good. Um, uh, and I, very good in that it's it's spooky and unnerving. And I don't know. I just like I like when things are bad. Um, <laughs> and uh, you, you're supposed to like fire shots into its open mouth to take it down it takes a lot of, of ammunition and you know can like really in the sewer level it can really like eat up a lot of your resources and you can't dodge away from it backwards and i had to like look it up and figure it out but you can you can perfect dodge it so you can get past them when they're taking up the entirety of the hallway and just uh perfect dodge forward through them as they're doing their lunge animation. Oh, so you, like, kind of go through their butthole. You, you, like, go under their legs, yeah. Oh, okay. So you don't go into their mouth through their butthole. No, uh, that would be fun, though. That would Uh, be fun. Jill would have some fucking shit to say about that, I am sure. (laughs) Um, But, uh, but yeah, it's, like, super, super fun. The other reason why uh, speedrunning the game is so fun, and I say speedrunning, I am, like, you know, I am by no, I like, if I got into speedrunning, it would be this game, but I just like playing it fast. I don't know if I'm doing, like, I'm not paying attention to, like, the speedrunning community right now and, like, what they're yeah. doing. I'm just, like, personally, with the mechanics that I know about, trying to beat it as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a very fun way to spend, like, an afternoon. Um, and the other reason why it's so good is because if you're perfect dodging everything, like, if you're shooting everything, you're not going to no- notice this. But if you're perfect dodging everything and running away, then you will notice that the game has states. And what I mean by that is that, for example, in the sewer level, uh, if you're going down one of the uh, hallways, which you need to go to to get um, a, a battery, I believe, and there are two of the frogs in the way... Now, you would expect that if you perfect dodge past them and then get to the battery and then go back, that they will still be there. But no, the game very smartly despawns them so that, and then like spawns in new enemies that are facing you and have a different pattern so that like as you are speedrunning, you are not put at a disadvantage when backtracking. Mm. So you just have to figure out like it, the game is very predictable so you just have to figure out how to like dodge everything perfectly and like where to use your ammo there are several parts of the game where i just unequip everything <laughs> i have no gun no knife no nothing no way to fight back i just fucking dodge 
I'm just passing through, bitch. I'm just passing through. You can't, you can't get in my way because I will dodge past you, bitch. <laughs> Me in a crowd. I will go under your legs. I yeah. will go into your mouth through your butthole. Get out of my way. <laughs> get the fuck out of my way. Um, and it's it's just so fun. Um, and like everything about the game, like. The game works on your first playthrough, and it's fun on your first playthrough of just, like, playing it like any other Resident Evil game. You're taking your time, you're going slow, you're exploring, you're doing this, you're doing that. But this game is built for speed. Mm -hmm. This game is built for you to find the most optimal path to get through it as quickly and as unscathed as possible. Um, can I tell you how satisfying that is especially for a zombie game because they're like that is something that i have been like thinking about a little subconsciously lately while i've been playing games of like um if there's ever like i've noticed if there's ever a narrative um like event in a game where like the main character's friend is in trouble or you know like they need to go check on something like and it feels like there's you know there's a bunch of stuff to explore of course but like if I was that character, I would want to run head straight into, you know, helping my friend or something. Like, sometimes yeah. I I choose to do the narrative decision instead of just exploring, just so it feels yeah. right. And, yeah, absolutely. And I think that, like, speedrunning this remake is a perfect example of that. Like, if you're fucking in a zombie apocalypse, like, you don't want to, you know, explore every crevice for some fun secrets. You want to fucking get the hell out of there. Yeah. You want to get out of there and also like, you know, having to make decisions of like, like this is a, it's a total zombie movie thing of like having to manage your resources and like, you know, like, cause when you're speed running too, like, because you're not exploring, like you might, you know, like not be able to carry everything with you or not being able to, um, like get all of the ammunition that you would be getting otherwise. So mm -hmm. it totally does. Like, there are several times where you're like, well, you know, like, because you're only really using ammo for boss fights, um, which are all against the same guy. I love it. Um, <laughs> but I, hey, Nemesis, I love you. I'll talk about you later, I'm sure. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's like the game always gives you very clear objectives. It's always point to point to point to point. It's like very linear in a way that like, Resident Evil 2 remake isn't like that game is very linear there is like a, a way to go through it but that game is much more about exploration that game is much more yeah, about like about puzzle solving understand puzzle solving and understanding the map the way yeah. that Mr. X is designed is that Mr. X is designed to make you in the last half of the game like is he's there to test your knowledge of the map because there isn't a dodge mechanic. The only thing that you can do when Mr. X is coming towards you is run away. Mm -hmm. But when Nemesis is coming towards you, you can dodge. <laughs> and uh, and so, like, Resident Evil 2 is built for exploration and navigation. Resident Evil 3 is built for speed and precision. I like that. And it's, it's, so, it's so fucking good. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what I promised. And bugs. I'm going to talk about the, I'm going to talk about the bugs. Mm -hmm. So I could probably spin this off into its whole other thing if I wanted to, <laughs> okay. but there is a part of the game, 
that I haven't figured out like the like the best way to do it. Like I haven't figured out how to perfect dodge these fucking bugs. I should just look it up at some point. Mm-hmm. There's a part of the game where uh, you are supposed to go to a power station to uh, to turn on the power to get a train running, and you go to the power station and it is completely covered in flesh. Oh, the flesh train. The flesh power station. Oh, flesh power power station. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's bad. Uh, and then you go in and you find out that it's a hive for weird fucked up flesh bugs. Oh, okay. Uh, and you're you have to go through it and it's a it's this little maze that's covered in flesh and gross. Um, and then you go through it. And you have to dodge these bugs, and they can lay eggs in your body, and you have to use green herbs to get the eggs out of your body. Or Um, else what happens? What happens if you don't? uh, I believe that you, it's like a poison sort of effect of like, you slowly uh, lose health. uh, And if you die, you get a special animation of Jill's body exploding with a bunch of bugs popping out of it. Good. That's what I wanted. I, I needed to know that bugs come out of you and explode out. Yeah, it's 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 nice that they included that extra death animation. Um, I'm glad that they did. Uh, yeah. But uh, you go through this power station. You flip some switches to get the power back to the main like surface area. You go back there. You flip the switch, and the power station turns back on and burns the flesh maze. Okay. Uh, and it's a really grotesque horrible area which i love a lot i'm really glad that it's in the game the first time that i that me and thea uh went up to it uh we were horrified (laughs) uh and i wouldn't have it any other way that that area of fucking rules i love that Mm -hmm. area it's so gnarly bugs Um, but yeah bugs that's that's the bugs of this one yeah, this game is, it's so, it's so fun. It's so fun to play. It's so fun to speed run. It's so fun to dodge everybody. Uh, there's, uh, <laughs> I haven't actually tried this, but I want to. There's an area later on in the game when you're playing as Carlos, uh, because Jill is unconscious, and you are in a, a small room that you are defending from a bunch of, uh, uh, from a bunch of zombies and stuff. And I'm sure you have to shoot at least some of them. But I would love to try to just get through that whole timed section just by dodging, if I could. Yeah. Like, full unequip, just dodge. That I would, would be so love... satisfying. It would be so satisfying. I don't know offhand if it's possible, but... If there's any game out there, not that, like, it's specifically made for that and that's the only way to win, but if there is an option to fully dodge the entire game, please let us know in the comments below. Yes, please, please. Yeah, Resident Evil 3 needs needs some, uh, needs some fucking, uh, uh, shooting, needs some fucking combat. There are a couple of boss fights that you, like, you can't just dodge around unfortunately uh but that's fine you just need to save your ammo for them and it's fine yeah uh, yeah it's resident evil 3 remake fucking rules and anyone who disagrees with me uh i normally try and say you know oh your opinion is so valid and i understand and you're all all good and i get it no in this case you're wrong Damn. in this case you're objectively wrong 
What kind of influence am I having on you, Jupiter? <laughs> <laughs> What's this? I hear a train. A choo-choo train? Wow, 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 wow. And also I'm smelling <laughs> mushrooms? What the <laughs> fuck? What? Uh... <laughs> Uh, yeah, so this is the uh, the first episode uh, that we're putting out since the Mushroom Station launch. Uh, if you didn't hear our announcement that us in the past, we haven't recorded it yet, but in the future, by the time this episode is out, it will already be in your, in your feeds. If you didn't hear the announcement, uh, we... Uh, Enchanting Aspects and Artificial Ghost Radio, alongside with a brand new uh, narrative horror podcast from me, uh, Ghost Hunt Pacific, woo 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 woo, uh, has uh, uh, formed into a little uh, podcast network of our own. Uh, we have a website which uh, will be at mushroomstation.net. And. Uh, there you can find all of the information about who we are and what we're doing and, and about our, our shows. Uh, and yeah, it's it's like we're very excited about it. Right now we are in the past pre-launch. So, <laughs> you know, it's it's hard to like, it's, uh, but we're very excited about it. And we hope that you will check out the website. We hope that you'll check out our Twitter at Mushroom Pods. Uh, and our YouTube channel. This episode will be, if not the first, probably the second episode of Enchanting Aspects to go out on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, and you can find us there over there at Mushroom Station Podcasts, uh, which I'll you can find a quick link to it on the website. Yeah. Also, uh, keep an eye out for our Patreon. We are doing a lot of yes. uh, changes to the tiers there. So if you're already a part of it, uh, you should be getting some info already about that. But if you aren't a part of it... Um, we uh, maybe check it out because we've we've yeah. we're, we're trying to do more stuff on there. Try trying yeah. to be a little more active on the Patreon. Yeah, we've uh, we've fully revamped the Patreon tiers. We have a it's a two dollar tier, a five dollar tier, and a twenty dollar tier. Uh, the two dollar tier is your uh, basic entry point. It will get you access to the uh, to the Mushroom Station Discord, uh, where you can hang out with us, talk with other fans of the shows. Uh, we do regular movie and game nights uh, and might be doing, like, some exclusive streams in there. Uh, the $5 tier lets you vote on the what movies and games we watch and play. And the $20 tier gives you a one-time uh, Mushroomite commission from me uh, and the mushrooms are our little our little friends on the on the website uh, you can see what you look like as a mushroom you can go see what you look like as a mushroom uh yeah uh so we hope you check it all out i'm fucking like i'm still we're still pre-launch so i'm still like pre ghost hunt pacific actually airing like i'm really mm -hmm. excited about it Hell yeah. I, the preview just released today, and I'm so excited. It's going to be great, y'all. Yeah. I already know the story. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you you only know some of it, I think. Um, yeah, I, I know the end. <laughs> oh, you, you do it. know the end. You do know the end. All right, sh all right we got to shut up. We got to shut up. Uh, but I'm, I'm really excited about it. This is my first time doing narrative horror, and I'm really, like, 
this is probably going to be the direction that I'm going in with podcasting from now on, and I'm just Hell really yeah. excited about it. So You heard it, everybody. We're changing Enchanting Aspects into a narrative <laughs> horror podcast. Starting next episode, I'm going to get killed off. Oh my god. Please, no. No, I like <laughs> I like having uh, Enchanting Aspects and Art Ghost as, as their own thing. Enchanting Aspects is like the, um, the comic relief character of podcast <laughs> yeah yeah art uh, like art ghost is the like like really like analytical like nerdy character enchanting aspects is the comic relief and ghost on pacific is the goth mm-hmm. <laughs> all right i'm gonna get into my thing now yeah get your thing get your th- get, get into your thing we've done we've done enough all right, I've done enough today. <laughs> I've done some really gross things before. Um, oh. This is going to be by far the grossest. Oh, I'm I'm so excited! We get a nasty episode today. We get a nasty episode. It's going to be so nasty that I am going to put a content warning at the beginning of it. Um, oh yeah, put a content warning for uh, flesh hallways. <laughs> yeah, this is a gr- <laughs> this is just a gross episode. Yeah, um, this so nasty. I'm going to be talking about fucking. Purging out the negative energy, aka vomiting <laughs> out black shit in the Babadook. Oh shit! I still haven't seen the Babadook. I need to. I don't know why. You I need to. You really need to. Um. So I am gonna kind of get into spoilery, but like everybody knows what the Babadook is about, and honestly, even if you know, it's still worth watching it just because there's so many fucking metaphors and allegories for depression and grief and anxiety and insomnia and all that stuff um yeah but if you don't know what the bob i think they pronounce it babadook in the sh- in the movie but i say everyone babadook. calls it the everyone says babadook Every- it just sounds much better babadook. babadook or babadook i say babadook it, yeah it's a made-up word babadook it's a bitch babadook it's such a good word though they did a good job on on naming the babadook yeah, they did. <laughs> the Babadook. Um, <laughs> so if you don't know what the Babadook is, the Bab. Um, it's a movie <laughs> that's essentially a, a big scary monster um, is terrorizing a family after um, a mom and her child are suffering the loss of their uh, daddy, the, mm-hmm. the husband. Um, and this is represented by a tall man in a hat. <laughs> uh sort of yeah um that's one form <laughs> the the monster has it's it's it changes so many different forms it's kind of formless and never oh, ending okay. and stuff um but yeah essentially it's taking grief and depression and putting it into a big scary monster because that's what it is when you don't want to deal with it and that's the whole thing about this movie is this mom doesn't want to deal with her grief, does not want to deal with her depression or, you know, the trauma that she's gone through and wants to stuff it away. But when you ignore depression and grief and you don't process your feelings, it haunts you like a monster. So that's my yeah. my quick synopsis of The Babadook. Um, what I'm going to be talking about is actually towards the very end of the movie. Um, so... Essentially, at, at some point, um, the mommy 
you know, she keeps on avoiding this monster over and over again, like pretends it's not there, is in so much denial. Uh, so much so that eventually it literally takes over her body and mind. Um, oh my gosh. And it's pretty fucked up. Um, yeah, that she sounds even, pretty fucked up. Yeah, she, she hurts, she hurts, she kills her dog and it's terrible. And no! I literally had, I had to cover my eyes and I was crying and I was like, tell me when it's gone. I can't look. Um, that's, oh. that's the one part of the movie that I cannot ever get over. Like it's not, shouldn't have happened. I hate that. That's, that's um, awful. We should all be in agreement that animals survive horror movies. Right? That should be we, the agreement. Like, we, for real. Like, uh, but anyway. anyways, that's not the point of this. Um, the point is, it takes over her and, you know, she becomes just so, I hate saying this word, but toxic. She becomes toxic. She becomes mean, aggressive, angry, extremely defensive. Anybody who tries to say like, hey, you need help. Even people who say, I love you, like, she turns them away. She pushes them away because of her grief, because of her, you know, self-hatred, depression. And um, it isn't until the very end of the movie um, that the son, this little baby boy, ties up the mom and is basically like, I love you, mommy. Come back. I need you to be a parent for me. Please, like, fucking process your feelings or whatever. Um, and so she's tied up. And she releases the Babadook from her body, a.k.a. she fucking, uh, she does, like, ten full seconds of vomiting, um, just, like, this black ooze. Um, and I'm here to talk about that. So, that shit's satisfying, and that's what I'm here to talk about, is, um, vomiting out black ooze. Have you ever felt so fucked up? like physically and mentally and just exhausted you, you know you just want a clean slate you you're just tired of all these these negative feelings and hurty ouchies in your body and you just want to purge it out so <laughs> i mean <laughs> i mean yes i mean yes yes i i've absolutely felt that. like it is like um like i have I'm not going to get into it because it's very personal, but yeah, I mean, like, re like even like, you know, a couple of months ago, I had like this whole thing of feeling so like, so awful and so in my own head that I just like, I wanted to get it out. And the, like, the only way that I can think of doing that was like something that I couldn't do, which is like, I really wanted to like go out and like break shit. Yes. Yes. Because the, the like, effect of shattering glass would, like, be that sort of release for me. Yeah. And I was like, well, I can't do that. And then, like, what, like, I think Thea was like, oh, they do those things where, like, you can, there's, like, I think they're called, like, destruction rooms, like, where you can go and pay and, mm -hmm. and go break shit. I was like, that's not the same. That's not yeah. the same. Uh, it's, it's not going to get me there. Uh, and also... When you said, have you ever, I thought you were going to finish that sentence by saying, vomited out black ooze. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I wish. Um, so it's not, yeah, 100%. That, that's, that's where this is coming from is like, it's not a secret that last year I had a migraine for, uh, I don't know, nine months. Uh, it didn't end until the beginning of this year around March. Um and it's come back again, and a lot of... Listen, my body is very 
my my physical and mental um issues tend to um overlap each other a lot aka when i'm stressed i get a lot of physical symptoms from that stress it isn't just mental um and when it you know is overwhelming i want to release it um th this is that, that's the that's the uh epitome of what i'm trying to get to today is releasing releasing of emotions releasing of you know things that are no longer useful to you and Lots of times, even if I have a tiny, tiny little physical symptom, like say, like you got a, a, a boogie, a little booger, like way up in your nose and it's, it's stuck in there and you can't reach it. Like I, whenever I, ha I have something that I want to release, I, uh, the first thing I do is like create an image of my, in my head of some literal physical way to get that out. Like I will imagine a tiny vacuum, like going up into my nose and plucking it out or like say I have a pimple that hurts a lot like I will imagine like a mini me shrinking down onto my face and like literally exploding it um and that's something I've done my whole life and seeing this uh lady just vomit all the negative toxins out of her for 10 seconds straight I was <laughs> I was just like damn I wish that was me um no, no, yeah no like I get it like there's this like thing of like um that that release of like like you know sort of also a gross metaphor but like there's this thing of like when you're so full of emotions it feels like like you're a bottle with a hundred flies in it just flying around yeah. and bouncing off the the sides of the 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 glass and just it's just this constant buzzing and like panging and just so much yeah and all you want to do is pop that cork and let those flies out and just yeah and having that like moment of release is so satisfying and important and like necessary and i do think that there is like this really like hard thing of like a lot of times in the very least in you know our society in america that you know i can't speak for anywhere else but like that there is this constant enforcement to bottle up your emotions yes this yes constant like thing of like well i can't talk about this i can't experience this i can't do this i can't do that because of this this and this and like we need to be able to talk earnestly about our emotions we need to be able to be open about it without feeling like we're going to be judged yeah or that we're less of a good person for feeling bad shit yeah um, I'm gonna, this is just a personal episode. I'm gonna get personal again, but the job I've just left was a nursing home, and I was, I was essentially paid to be a friend for everybody there. Um, and the, then the downside of that was, you know, this is still in the year of COVID with a bunch of, you know, yeah. people who have been stuck in a nursing home only in their room for a year. And it was a, it was nearly like my sole duty to, you know, try and cheer them, cheer them up and make them happy as my full-time job. And because of that, I could not show like 
how I could I could only show one side of my face to them. I could only show positive Amy, positive, happy, you know, there's something on the top of the hill. And like, that's great and all, but also I, I had to bottle up a lot of my, you know, sad, stressed out emotions over that. And I had to, you know, convince them that everything is okay or that it's okay to feel things. But at the same time, like, I was being a hypocrite and not able to do that because I wanted them to be okay. And I didn't want them to stress about me. And oh, it was just exhausting. And uh, when we're recording this, I left this job two days ago. And I'm just, I need a release. I've, you know, I haven't been able to release emotions. And I'm trying to figure out a way to do that. And part of that is talking about it on this episode. Um, yeah. Part of it is making art. Part of it is, you know, processing everything that I've gone through. Um, but that's not the end of it. Um, so after the the mommy in the movie vomits out the Babadook, um, the Babadook doesn't go away. The Babadook's still there. At the end of the movie, the Babadook lives in her basement. Um, and she has yeah. to learn to take care of it. And so that's kind of the second point here is like, it is so, so, so important to find a way to release and let go of, you know, the thoughts and emotions that are taking you over. But that doesn't mean that, like, that solves the problem. It just, you know, it's more of taking care of yourself so you don't overload. But like, they're still going to exist. Those problems, depression's still going to exist. Grief doesn't go away once you, you know, let yourself feel it. Um, that's just step one, is acknowledging that it's happening and feeling it. But, you know, step three is figuring out a way to manage it every day. Um, so, I don't know, that's that's kind of, I, I really like that. I like that, like, they have that release in the movie of, like, you know, taking out all that bad shit um, and giving her a chance to not be so overwhelmed um, that she can try and figure out her problems and manage them. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's like it's it's, and like I'm I'm far from an expert here. <laughs> I'm just talking about my own experience on how I have tried to deal with shit. Is that it's a lot of like, it's both being able to accept that you are going through some hard shit and that you aren't a bad person for going through some hard shit and that shit isn't mm -hmm. your fault. And also being able to being able to take care of and manage those feelings once you have come to terms with their existence. Yeah. And that second part can be really hard. Like I'm I just imagine a metaphor right now of like say a fucking kid um, you know, spills some milk and is crying about it, literally crying over spilled milk. Um, yeah. you know, your first job is to know, console the kid, say like, hey, it's going to be okay. Like you make mistakes. That's okay. Let yourself cry. Mm -hmm. Let yourself feel over it. But the next step is you gotta clean up the milk. Like you can't just yeah. let it sit there. Like, yes, you need to be kind to yourself, the little kid, but you can't let the little kid just let let the milk stay there. Like that that milk needs to get cleaned up. And that's part of taking responsibility for yourself. Yeah. Like like I know 
that I'm kind of talking to myself right here, but I know that like we want to feel bad and like pity ourselves a lot, but you, when you have to take responsibility and take care of yourself, you can't also like, you know, say, oh, poor baby. Like you, there's a point where you have to actually like roll up your sleeves and start working on it and yeah but at the same time like you you can still be kind to yourself and responsible at the same time and I think that's I think that's where like it's hard for me is like it's it's black and white for me like being responsible and being kind to yourself are completely different things in my mind and I can't like put them together and like understand like I can make sure I get things done without being an asshole to myself. Yeah, it's like, it's hard. And like, I have had to do a lot of managing and figuring shit out and learning how to be kind to myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because I've done a lot of, I've done a lot of taking responsibility without forgiving myself for shit. Yeah. Um, and like, even doing shit like, you know, like, let's just be real here. With the uh, uh, Mushroom Station launch, I have to do a lot of work for that. And I have to also, you know, like, make dinner and clean up and do all this shit. And, like, do, taking a lot of responsibility to make sure that everything is happening, that, like, everything around me is, you know, progressing smoothly. But I crashed a little bit. I crashed, and then we ended up having to delay the launch a week. Mm-hmm. And... I had to forgive myself for not getting everything ready, quote unquote, on time. Yeah. I had to, I literally had to take two days off and then now just managing like, you know, not only doing stuff for work, but also like giving myself time to separate myself from work and yeah. take care of myself. And not just think about the steps to get through the day in terms of, you know, the sort of quote unquote practical solutions to everything. Like, not everything is practical. Um, And yeah, it's like, shit's hard. Like, I'm not good at taking care of myself right now. I'm I'm doing a better job. I'm doing a better job of managing my shit and doing a better job of giving myself time to relax and do things for myself. Like, for like, I didn't used to fucking ever watch movies or TV unless somebody else was doing it, like, watching it with me. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I did that is because I always thought that it, I, it wasn't worth it to watch something if I wasn't sharing it with someone else. But that puts a lot of oh. pressure on me. That puts a lot of pressure on me. And yeah. finally, like, literally, finally, recently, like... As in, like, less than a month ago, I finally was just like, fuck it. I'm going to watch some fucking movies by myself. Hell yeah! And it's been very good for me. It's been very nice and helpful and healthy. Um, And, like, it's, like, those sorts of steps of just, like, admitting that you're wrong about something that you're doing. And being kind to yourself and fixing it. Yeah. And and that thing about the watching TV, that reminds me of another thing that I've been trying to relearn over and over again is invisible rules. We make up yes. invisible rules for ourselves so many times. Like yesterday, um 
I'm gonna get really personal again. Um, no, this when, is we're we're just airing out our fucking laundry. Yeah, this today. is vulnerability, guys. We're vulnerability just doing it. Episode. We're we're allowed. We're allowed. <laughs> um, speaking of vomit, when my anxiety is at an all time high, um, I vomit. Um, not on purpose, but like I just nausea is a symptom and. It sure, just, just yeah. gets so bad sometimes I need to vomit. And um, yeah. yesterday I was stressing out because I felt the need to vomit. And I was um, talking to Joe about it. And I was like, I don't want to vomit though. Because if I vomit, then that means I failed at managing my anxiety. And Joe like grabbed my uh... face and it was like, you just made that up. That is not a real rule. Like you just made that up. That has nothing to do with anything. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, that's true. Like I just made that rule up. Like, as if anxiety, he, he said, uh, you can't get an S rank on managing your emotions. <laughs> yeah, no, I was like, damn, that's, that's fucking, true. Yeah, that's a fucking thing that I have, like, had, and, like, I'm not, I haven't learned, I have not internalized it 100%, but it's a thing that I've, like, had to figure out, is that the only one who ever thinks I'm failing is me. Yeah, for real! I don't think of anybody, like, nobody has ever told me I've failed except for the one time in seventh grade where I failed my Spanish exam. Right, like, outside of, here's the thing, I think school fucks us up. I think school fucks us up. I think it does, too! Because it puts us on a grading scale for, like, and literally basing our worth based on, like, how smart we are and how, or how well we solve our problems. And we're raised that way. yeah. Yeah, you're you're not you're not gonna get an A on on doing the dishes. Like it's fine. Yeah, and I promise you, when we when we die, and like if you die and this happens, you can become a ghost and like draw on my face or something. But like you don't get like a Sonic after yeah, I was the just thinking thing about that of like dying and then getting a like a da 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 da. Yeah. <laughs> Like, you, you're not going to get stats oh, based on, like, how many times you complimented somebody or said the right thing. Like, that's not how life no, works. Here's the thing is that, like, I used to think, like, I legitimately said this, like, repeatedly, that, like, when I die, that I wanted to get a statistic screen on everything. Yeah. And you know what? That would actually be very fucked up. That would be fucked up <laughs> to happen. That, that would be if, bad. If... If I had a if I had a stats screen after I died, I would want it to be completely arbitrary shit. Like yeah, how many yeah, times yeah, yeah, did yeah. I poop? How many yeah, times absolutely. did I pick my nose? Like nothing mm-hmm. that actually matters. Right? Yeah. Like like I think that that would I I think that would be kind of fascinating. But also like what are you just gonna obsess about that? Are you gonna be measuring that? Like like trying <laughs> to like measure yourself by. Like, trying to measure yourself on a scale, like, or against other people, or fucking whatever, it's it's setting yourself up to get hurt. Absolutely. Because trying to set up yourself on a scale or comparing yourself is moot. Because it's, and this is so hard to get into my own head with, even though I repeat it over and over again, worth in your humanity doesn't exist. Like, there... Like, everybody is worthy of living and having feelings. Like, worth is a meaningless notion of comparison that should not exist in humanity. Because 
everyone deserves to live. And trying to prove to yourself or anybody else that you are deemed worthy of being loved or worthy of living, it is fucked up and it shouldn't happen. Yeah. Because you existing means you are you already are supposed to allowed to get those things. Like you Ugh, it's hard it's hard to put into words, but No, it's... but no, no, like yeah, absolutely. Like it like humanity doesn't humanity doesn't work on points. Yeah. Like you're, you're not like You can't break it down. You cannot break it down into points or, you know, a system of how much you do of what. And because of that, you can't break it down into anything. You can't put any of your actions into redeemable things that equal your worth. Because it doesn't make sense. You just need to forgive yeah. yourself for things that you regret and, you know, move on. And that doesn't mean, like, hey, fuck it, be a shitty person. It just means, like, you're allowed to love yourself and you should love yourself. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's just really hitting me right now that we have ended the podcast with love yourself, believe with yourself. Oh, fuck. Every... <laughs> yeah. That's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to cursed aspects. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to cur- like say goodbye to cursed aspects because that's Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening to enchanting aspects. Yeah. Um, thank you so much. You can f- you can find our Twitter at enchanting pod. Um, also or, or, check or, out or mushroom parts. Mushroom. Pods. Yeah. Yeah. Go to mushroom pod. Mu- go to. Go to mushroomstation.net to uh, learn about our fun little escapades. And also fucking check out Jupiter's new podcast, Pacific Ghost House. Pacific House. No. Ghost Hunt Pacific. GHP Ghost Hunt Pacific. I was going to say Pacific Ghost Radio. Oh my god, it's literally just hitting me that two of my podcasts have the word ghost in it. Yeah, don't make Fuck. a third. <laughs> I'm not going to make a third. Look, I already, here's the fucked up thing, is I already know what my, maybe not the next podcast, but I know it, like, maybe the next one. I already have ideas for more narrative horror podcasts, and none of them are oh, going yeah. to involve ghosts. Okay, flew, dodged a bullet. Yeah. Um, the moral of the story is that... You can speed run video games and you can, <laughs> you know, try and get a perfect dodge, but you can't fucking speed run life, okay? Yeah! Yeah! I love that. Um, you're not gonna yeah. get an S rank on life. <laughs> you're not gonna get an S rank on life. Just keep on repeating that. You're not Sonic. 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 I'm so sorry to tell you this. You're not Sonic. Unless you're Chris Pratt. Oh, wait, no, that's Mario. No, that's Mario. So he can still Chris- say- Fuck you, Chris, Chris Pratt. You're not Sonic. Fuck, fuck you, Chris Pratt. Also, Chris Pratt is Garfield now, too, apparently. Yeah, what the fuck? What? What the fuck Get is going here. on? Get out of here. He uh, has, like, he has DreamWorks face, Garfield does. Chris Pratt can't make a DreamWorks face. Chris Pratt can't do anything. <laughs> um, all right. <laughs> Love yourself. Believe in yourself. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. If you're Sonic, I apologize. You are Sonic.